Dobry den, yak I'm Pavlina, host of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Join me Wednesdays at 11 a.m. for a bilingual hour of Ukrainian music, folklore, and factoids for the culturally curious. And at 12 noon, join Oksana for Nash Holos Ukrainian Hour, here on CHLY 101.7 FM. Весері, брати, часи настали, нове майбутнє дарує день. Чому ж на небі так мало сонця стало, чому я далі пишу сумних пісень? Чому ж на небі так мало сонця стало, чому я далі пишу сумних пісень? Весері, брати, часи настали, ми наближаємось до мети. Чому ж тоді я шукаю іншу стежку, чому я далі з ними не хочу йти? Чому ж тоді я шукаю іншу стежку, чому я далі з ними не хочу йти? Часи настали, на грудях світить нам слави знак. Нам очі ніжно закрили, губи медом змастили, душу кинули просто так. Нам очі ніжно закрили, губи медом змастили, душу кинули просто так. Душа покинулась та й питає. Сама у себе чому одна Не має в коспитати золото Замість тата, замість мами глуха стіна Не має в коспитати золото Замість тата, замість мами глуха стіна Поділися голоси, часи весері настали, нас лишилось так мало, ну їх брати, такі часи. Часи весері настали, нас лишилось так мало, ну їх брати, такі часи. And Sviatoslav Vakarchuk with the group Okean Elze and a song released back in 2010 with um, a rather sarcastic title, 
sort of the history of Ukraine, at least uh, in the 20th century, and so it merits some sarcasm. Vasily Chase, Happy Times. Vitaya vas vsih dorahi radio suhachi na radio programu nash holos radio krinskoho kurinya. Pri mikrofoni pavina makwari, diaku yushuri shla perbutazim noyu nastuk nuhadenu. Hello there and welcome to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm your host, Paulette Demchuk Macquarie, Pokrinska Pavlina, and I'm delighted to have you with me for this next hour. On the last Saturday of November, Ukrainians around the world commemorate the Holodomor by lighting a candle, and they invite the rest of the world to join them. Eighty-five years ago, an evil regime, housed in the Kremlin but with treacherous agents everywhere, deliberately starved to death millions of Ukrainians in its quest to create a communist utopia. The Holodomor took place in 1932 and 33 in what had been known as the breadbasket of Europe. Despite a record harvest, some 7 to 10 million Ukrainians starved to death on orders by Stalin. Communist government authorities confiscated crops, farm animals, anything and everything edible in household cupboards and cellars of villagers throughout Ukraine. Entire villages perished. Their homes and belongings were later appropriated by ethnic Russians and others brought in by the communist government to resettle the depopulated Ukrainian villages. This genocidal famine was covered up for decades by the Soviet government and its apologists around the world. These apologists included Western politicians, academics, corporations, entertainers, and the media. Some, to this day, continue to deny the Holodomor happened. Fortunately, it is not so easy now to cover it up. On the last Saturday of November, Ukrainians around the world honor the memory of those who perished. Today's program will honor the victims of the Holodomor, as well as those of the current regime in the Kremlin, which is carrying on the treacherous traditions of its predecessors. Today's show will feature encore presentations of timeless messages on this theme, a Kanishka Corner book review of Communism and Hunger, Father Ihor Kutash of Montreal with a commentary, Martyrs of the Holodomor, and Cultural Capsule with Vissel Pavlovsky on the perpetrators of the Holodomor. We'll also have our usual Proverb of the Week and other items of interest. Our music will focus on the Holodomor and the current invasion and betrayal of Ukraine. Up next, Ludwig of London, England, with his original composition, which he wrote to tell the world the story of Holodomor. Land of plenty, please tell me if it's true. Land of plenty, what did they do to you? Land of plenty, they stripped your wheat fields bare. Land of plenty, as if you were not there. Land of plenty, they stripped your wheat fields bare. Land of plenty, as if you were not there. Land of plenty, your people lived off you. But it started in 1932. Land of plenty, your people you could feed. But that year you were robbed for foreign greed. 
Land of plenty, your people you could feed, but that year you were robbed for foreign greed. Land of plenty, your people could not eat. Satan's soldiers collected all your wheat in the name of an ideology that was written to give equality. Ще білим ангелом став тату, і знов чи 
kate me nahriju Šutram ne bi den počute Jak pid nebesi vohnjeni Ahri mlać po tatovi saljuti Ne nači čurna kvitka poljova Opale na žrtok i mi rukami Zvikaje žiti molda vdova Samotnja žinka i samotnja mama Čurašnja nareče na juni glit Usmihne na istvore na ljubiti Na pevnost Bože voli u bili svi Jakovo rozpitaje čorni And that was Oksana Bilozir, popular Ukrainian singer, with a song that was composed with Holodomor in mind. The song is called Chorna Kvitka, or Black Flower. Up next, Pikar Diska Terzia with another song from around that time, 2015, and it was released also in honor of the memory of those who perished in Holodomor. This song by Pikar Diska Terzia is called Kolevev Merale, When You Died. Please. 
Next, Father Ihor Kutash of St. Mary the Protectress Ukrainian Orthodox Church in Montreal tells us the story of Holodomor and gives us a slightly different way of looking at it. Slava Isusu Christu, Father Ihor Kutash at the microphone. On the fourth Saturday of November, Ukrainians throughout the world have been remembering the millions of people who died in what has been called the greatest crime the world has ever known, the Holodomor genocide of 1932-33 in the breadbasket of Ukraine, in the breadbasket of Europe, Ukraine. Members of the Hromada of St. Mary the Protectress in Montreal, of which I am pastor, were prominent in publicizing this ghastly tragedy which was carefully, systematically, and consistently covered up by the communist regime based in Moscow. Many of them had survived this brutal attack on the people of Ukraine, who dared to oppose the utopian plans of the regime, relying upon their faith and their dedication to the immensely fruitful land given them by God. It is very difficult to hear the stories of the survivors and even more difficult to look at some of the few pictures that emerged from this horror in a land that was held captive by this inhuman regime. To this day, the few people who are still alive to recall those days cannot even speak of it without breaking down in tears. Nevertheless, the story must be told, and it is being told to an ever-widening audience in all the many media resources of our time. It is not, however, enough to simply recount the story and call for justice. How can any earthly judiciary find a punishment that would right the balance of the incredible wrongs that were done? If the blood of even one human being cries out to heaven, as we read in the Bible in the story of the two brothers Cain and Abel, 
How loud is the sound of the blood of millions! To simply tell the story and call for justice, which is certainly legitimate, even though earthly justice is exceedingly limited, would simply lead to unquenchable anger, hatred, and despair. And that would lead to further violence, crimes, and the perpetuation of the very hell that Christians are called upon to end, in order for our Father's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, as we daily pray. Thus, the story must be told with hope in it. It is natural for Christians to do this, for we derive our identity from a terrible story in which there is hope for all eternity. The crime of deicide is greater than the terrible crime of genocide. Although the killing of God's creatures, created in His image and likeness, may also be seen as a kind of deicide. That is what was done to Jesus of Nazareth. Ignorant people debate to this day as to who carries most of the blame for this crime. Jewish authorities, Roman authorities, Judas Iscariot, or all of us for whose sin the Lord came to be the propitiation. Let us hear what Jesus himself says about this. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. We do well to remember these millions of victims of the Holodomor genocide in prayer to the Lord, for by doing so, we link their death with hope. We link it with the death and resurrection of the Lord of life. Thus, we see meaning in this seemingly senseless horror. And the victims become something else. They become martyrs, the martyrs of the Holodomor. They attest by their deaths that this horror should never be and must never be again. They attest that it is not God's will that humans should so abuse other humans. And God's will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those who, blinded by the deceptive passion of lust for power, organized and carried out the horrible crime of mass murder of the people of Ukraine and Kuban, thought that in this way they would destroy this freedom-loving, rebellious nation, as was noted by Raphael Lemkin, who was the first to use the word genocide in reference to this very Holodomor. It turned out to have the opposite effect. This act of hatred and unbelievable cruelty calls the attention of the whole world to this nation and what has been inflicted upon it and elicits compassion and respect for it. Malice, hatred, cruelty can never have the final victory in this world for its creator and source is the triune God and his being is justice, mercy, generosity, in a word, love. We remember these dead not as victims, but as martyrs. Slava Isusu Christu. Glory be to Jesus Christ.
the Ukrainian hymn Vichnaya Pamyat, Memory Eternal. Up next, another hymn, and this is considered the spiritual anthem of Ukraine, Borja Veleke, God is Great, and it's performed on Bandura by one of Ukraine's many unnamed and unsung heroes fighting on the front.
And another tune from the front that was the traditional Ukrainian folk song or folk dance, the Arkan, the woodcutter's dance, and that was performed on the Supilka, a traditional Ukrainian flute. Up next, a tribute to all those who have fought and died for Ukraine's independence and freedom. Komovnez and Arseniy Bilodub with Postanets, Freedom Fighter. Я був повстанцем в козацькій борні. Славного Богдана в ізвольній війні. Навіть на страту замужністю йшов. Я був повстанцем за свободу лив кров. Я був сотником у залізняка. Ай там мацьких загона хартувалась рука. Крізь огнисту бронішли до бою ми знов. Я був постанцем за правду кров. Я був чорним вороном подібним до тіні. У холодного яру останні години. Хто ворогу здався, кого страх поборов, Прийде по станиці пролля вашу кров. Я був лісовим братом на Волині, До кінця опирався червоній лавині, Від безсилої люті скаженів людолов. Я повстанець, Двадцятого лютого на Майдані Проти снайперів, паркоту та поліцаїв Так добре напалм на броні запалав Я повстав за свободу, свою кров проливав Я повстав, цим залишуся, аж до закину не прогнати мене із своєї країни Щоб зрадницький виплід у пекло зійшов Я воюю на сході, кипить моя кров Так я повстанець і кипить моя кров Я повстав за свободу Тече моя кров Welcome to Knishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, Ukrainian stories in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing communism and hunger, the Ukrainian, Chinese, Kazakh, and Soviet famines in comparative perspective, edited by Andrea Graziosi and Frank Sisin. Communism and Hunger is a collection of scholarly articles examining the similarities and differences of the pan-Soviet famine of 1931-33, the Ukrainian Holodomor, the Kazakh Great Hunger, and the famine in China in 1958-62. to 
The articles were written by scholars who presented their papers at a 2014 conference organized by the Holdemod Research and Education Consortium. Whatever the economic motivations, the famines were also political events requiring political analysis of their causes and courses. The first three articles in this collection examine the specific causes, events, and results of the famines. Nicholas Wirth examines the man-made famines in the USSR from 1928 to 33, which killed between 6.5 to 7 million people, 4.2 million in Ukraine and the Kuban, 1.5 million in Kazakhstan, and more than a million throughout the rest of the Soviet Union. Stalin considered peasant resistance to his economic policies as a war on the Soviet Union. Worth describes the forced collectivization in Ukraine in brutal terms. The total confiscation of land and livestock from village communities, the harsh restriction of ownership of domestic animals, and the peasants' loss of control over the distribution of the harvest resulted in wholesale starvation. At the height of the Holodomor, between January and July 1933, between 15,000 and 20,000 people died every day in silence and total abandonment. Sarah Cameron's article on the Kazakh famine of 1930-33 to examines Stalin's efforts to collectivize the nomadic population, which resulted in wholesale starvation. As archival information has become more available, the research on this horrific event has increased. The third article by Zhu Jun examines the Great Famine of 1958-62 to in China, which claimed millions of lives as a result of Mao Zedong's effort to make China an industrial communist utopia. The subsequent three articles are comparative studies of the use of hunger as a weapon in communist regimes in the 20th century. The similarities are striking. Political reasons for man-made famines, official denials to the world about the famines while they were occurring, and striking consequences for those impacted by the famines. All the scholars are united in calling for more research on these important historical events. The articles in this book relied on recent increased access to archives and the efforts of the international scholarly community to release information about the use of hunger as a political and economic tool by communist governments in the 20th century. These governments believed that by creating politically motivated famines, they could manipulate populations under their control. The statistics of the various famines have been hotly contested for their accuracy, mostly because of political propaganda. The most shocking aspect of this collection of articles is that the world community allowed these famines to occur without intervention. Whole populations starved to death while the world community ignored their plight. The individual articles in this scholarly book about how hunger was used as an economic and political tool by communist governments 
are very enlightening. There are extensive and detailed footnotes, which will definitely be useful to scholars pursuing further research on these topics. While the Ukrainian Holodomor was not the only focus of this text, readers will learn a great deal about the horrific events in their historical context. Communism and hunger is definitely meant for scholars of world history. However, all readers interested in the history of the Ukrainian Holodomor will definitely enjoy this book. The book was edited by Andrea Graziosi, president of the Italian National Agency for the Evaluation of Universities and Research, and a professor of history at the Università di Napoli, Federico II, and Frank E. Sissin, director of the Peter Yatsik Center for Ukrainian Historical Research, Canadian Institute of Ukrainian Studies, and a professor at the Department of History and Classics at the University of Alberta. Communism and Hunger is available at the Canadian Institute of Ukrainian Studies Press. Thanks, Myra. Join us again soon for another edition of Kanishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook. Никогда мы не будем братьями Ни по родине, ни по матери Духа нет у вас быть свободными Нам не стать с вами Даже свободными Вы себя крестили старшими Нам бы младшими Вашими. Вас так много жаль, безликие, вы огромные.
без оружия мы опасные, повзрослели и стали смелыми. Все узнай, And this is a bit of a heart-wrenching song. The story is certainly heart-wrenching. It is a song that was written uh, shortly after the Maidan began, and it was written in Russian by a young Ukrainian woman by the name of Anastasia Dimitruk. Her lyrics were put to music by a Lithuanian uh, musical group whose name I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. And the Ukrainians and Lithuanians have a similar philosophy and their relationship to their Russian neighbors is similar. Not particularly friendly and certainly not a meeting of the minds. Hence the title, We Will Never Be Brothers. And this is Cultural Capsule, especially for Nash Holos. The fourth Saturday of November, and the week which precedes it, is recognized by Ukrainians worldwide as a week to remember a tragic event in the history of the Ukrainian people, an event which was the responsibility of Joseph Stalin, Lazar Kaganovich, Vyacheslav Molotov, and four others. It was due to their policies and actions that the period from 1932 to 1933 is known to Ukrainians as the Holodomor, which quite literally translates to mean to kill by the means of starvation. The Holodomor was Stalin's response to those villagers in Ukraine who were against his collectivization policies, which began in 1930, and it had two goals. Firstly, to force villagers into the collectivization system, and to secondly, break the class and national resistance and consciousness of the Ukrainian people. On September 11, 1932, Stalin wrote to Lazar Kaganovich, his right-hand man on collectivization, and I quote, If we don't take control of the situation in Ukraine today, we could lose Ukraine. Set as your goal to convert Ukraine into a true fortress of the USSR in the shortest period possible. Don't worry about the money. End of quote. In short, the letter to Kaganovich, giving him carte blanche to do whatever necessary in order to gain control over Ukraine at any cost. And the cost of meeting their goals were millions of human lives. 
documents used in the case of the State Security Service of Ukraine against the organizers of the Holodomor determined that 3,941,000 died directly from hunger, not to mention the additional resulting demographic loss of over 6 million people. One of my neighbors was an 8- to 10-year-old schoolgirl being raised by her father living in Kiev during that period. She grew up near where the Golden Gate Monument stands on Volodymyrska Street today. I remember her telling me how she and her father survived on meagerly rations, of how she witnessed through the window of their home corpses and those close to death being carted away to God knows where on a daily basis, and how by the spring of 1933 there were no domestic animals at all to be found in Kiev. On November 28, 2006, the Parliament of Ukraine ratified the law of Ukraine on the Holodomor of 1932-33, which recognized the events of the period as a genocide. To date, 23 countries of the world have also recognized the Holodomor as an act genocide against the Ukrainian people. I'm Vasek Pavlovsky, and this week's cultural capsule featured the Holodomor. Let us all remember its victims and its survivors. And just a reminder, there will be a screening of the award-winning Holodomor film Bitter Harvest after Divine Liturgy this Saturday, November 24th at St. Michael the Archangel Ukrainian Catholic Parish. Divine Liturgy begins at 11, and the screening will take place sometime after 12 noon. St. Michael's is located at 4017 Victoria Avenue in Nanaimo. Слава на землі, 
козацький і збереже Бог державу у любові братській і збереже Бог державу у любові братській та за що Учинився, гей, що комарик до повстанців зголосився, що комарик до повстанців зголосився, зголосився наш комар до повстанців, гей, щоб кусати москалів, голодранців. Щоб кусати москалів голодранців, Примістився наш комар на дубочку, Закріпив скорострілу на листочку, Закріпив скорострілу на листочку, А й знялася на рашура бура, Гей, вона того комарика зуба здула. Вона того комарика з дуба стула, Та й упав наш комар на помосі, Поломав москалям ребра й косі, Поломав москалям ребра й косі, Поховали москаля край дороги, Видно руки, видно ноги, видно роги, Видно руки, видно ноги, видно роги. Поховали москаля, як собаку, Видно руки, видно ноги, видно пухо, Видно руки, видно ноги, видно пухо. Поховали москаля у куфайці, А у того москаля видно пальці, А у того москаля видно пальці. Сталін хрест нап'яв, взяв кадильницю, Ходить, бродить до упа по кропильницю, ходить, бродить до упа по кропильницю. Ех, кропильниця, ти моя ладная, скорострільная, самозарядная, скорострільная, самозарядная. And two more songs from the front. Pochovale Moskalia Krajdorohe, which translates loosely as Russians buried along the side of the road, and Oyulnuzi Pid Donbasom in the meadow near the Donbass. <laughs>
called Litava with a traditional patriotic song called Zasvistale Kozachenke, the Whistling Cossacks. You've been listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, broadcasting locally in Vancouver and Nanaimo and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, please visit our website, www.nasholos.com. There you'll find transcripts, audio files, podcast links, and information about the show. I'd like to invite you to visit our Patreon site, and you'll find a link there as well. As a patron, you'll have access to the weekly playlists and proverbs, ebooks, merchandise, and more. If you'd like to extend Season's Greetings on Nash Holos, you'll find the details there. Again, our website is www.nashholos.com. And I'd love to hear from you, so please send your suggestions, dedications, and requests. Your comments are always welcome. And our proverb of the week translates as, Without repentance, evil continues to spread. And with that, our program has come to an end. We have one last patriotic song for you. This is by Nizhudes. It's called which translates as In the mountains, dark clouds have gathered. I'm Pavlina. Thanks so much for listening. Do zusrichi. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.